Hi there, this is Stuart McKee, host of Musicians FAQ Podcast. Please join me weekly where we have music and chat with some of Canada's hottest artists. Nick just happens to be my very special guest this week. My name is Stuart McKee, and this is Musicians FAQ. My guest this week is a young songwriter making a big splash in the Canadian country music scene, just three singles in and already making a name for himself. He draws inspiration from traditional country, southern rock, and outlaw country. He's been chosen as Fresh Picks Artist on Country 93, and he's been nominated for a video award for the video for his song, Tread Lightly. All right, joining me on Musicians FAQ this week, my guest is Nick Boardman. Nick, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me, Stuart. It's great to, uh, great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. So I've been following you for a little bit on, on the socials and uh, a little bit familiar with your, your songs that are out on Spotify and, um, you know, your country, which I love. And, and you've got that sort of homage to the old school country artists as well, which is really cool. So especially great to see young artists coming out and who still kind of harken back to those days of, of the legend. So um, what I like to do on the show is just really kind of go back to the beginning. Where were you born? Uh, what was your childhood like? Sure. So uh, I was born and bred in Waterloo. Uh, I've moved one time in my life. We moved a block, so we stayed within Waterloo. 
And uh, yeah, like growing up, I was uh, instilled to this day, a big outdoorsman. Uh, my family was always big into camping, uh, fishing, and just kind of being outside. Nice. Um, my dad's a mechanic, so we have our own family business, uh, GB Auto Repair out in Petersburg. Okay. So uh, yeah, growing up, I'd be out there all the time. And uh, I kind of like to credit my start to music to that almost in a, in a social sense, because I was around so many different people at such a young age. You just get to learn all these different stories and you're exposed to all this different stuff. And uh, you're forced to be social and talk to people, which uh, is something that is great day to day. And I mean, I just learned all this, learned all this stuff at such a young age and was exposed to so many different things. It, uh, it was just a great, great uh, upbringing. And uh, I've always been into animals as well. Um, kind of as a side hobby, I've always bred different animals. We do chickens, turkeys, uh, rabbits, stuff like that. And uh, yeah, we show them at the fall fairs. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of done that throughout the years. And it really wasn't until I would say high school, I kind of got into music and just playing in bands with uh, some buddies and doing talent shows and, you know, making people's ears bleed and stuff like that. And just, <laughs> just terrible, terrible covers, but, uh, you have to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, and it was kind of end of high school. I had a uh, mutual friend, uh, said to me, he said, you know, I know of somebody that's a producer. I, I know you've been doing these little shows. You've been fooling around with singing and stuff like that. We know you love country music. Uh, we should put you into contact with him and see what you can do. And uh, we started doing some writing and started doing some recording sessions. And that's uh, really how I kind of got into music. Wow. Yeah, that's that's quite a story. I mean, and that's quite an upbringing. And it's really kind of like perfect for a guy who's, who sings country music, um, you know, being around cars and, and outdoors and uh, and the animals and things like that. So um it's it's very cool so were there people uh in your family that are musical prior to prior to this um not directly in my immediate family um i have a uh some you know some cousins and uh, my uncle are very very talented musically so at uh family gatherings they would sit around i would just listen to them for hours and stuff like that but uh you know right at home nothing really um we've always listened to music um you know music's just been around the house my mom likes to sing in the kitchen and all that and I think she likes to credit my music, my music beginnings to that. But uh, yeah, just nobody ever really played. It was just kind of something that was always around. I used to play uh, hockey in high school. And then uh, like I kind of touched on with uh, how we raise animals and stuff like that. I kind of left hockey to uh, pursue raising pigeons and, and showing purebred pigeons and things like that, which is a, a little bit out there, but it was something I was doing at the time. So yeah. Nice, nice. that's awesome. Um, and lots of pets and animals still. Oh yeah, too many. We have a zoo. We have <laughs> we have everything. We have ducks, chickens, a, a turkey, and everything. Tons of nice. things. You guys are you guys actually farming like your own animals? Do these turkeys end up on the dinner table, or is it uh, are they just more sort of pets? And <laughs> uh, no, primarily everything we raise uh, is for food production. Like we have our own eggs, uh, we do our own meat and stuff like that. So the turkey we have at Thanksgiving and Christmas is are the ones that we kind of brought up that year. So, uh, yeah, just even I've been involved in that process for years and years. And I think there's something in that to, to learn. Nice. Nice. Awesome. So when did you actually pick up a guitar? You said like, you sort of went out and did these jam nights and open mics and, you know, making people's ears bleed with the cover band. And I can really relate to that. But um, did you have a guitar yourself when you were a kid? And, and what kind of uh, sort of instruction did you have in that? Are you just self-taught? Uh, so I kind of came in sideways almost to it. Um, I took piano lessons for like maybe six months when I was 12 years old or something like that. It just really wasn't my thing. Um, so then in high school, I was, you know, I was singing. And at that point, I'd really never touched a guitar in any capacity. Um, and then I bought my first guitar, used guitar off of Kijiji, I think maybe in like grade 12 or something like that. It was just kind of fooling around with like the cowboy chords and, you know, writing some simplistic songs with that. Um, even to this day, though, I wouldn't call myself a, a fabulous guitar pick or anything like that. It's just it's still a process. Yeah. Um, but really what got me into music was the singing aspect um, vocally. And that's where I, uh, you know, I fell in love with music. And that's kind of still my my main pursuit. But uh, like I said, I'm in uh, Seneca for independent songwriting and performance. So I'm trying to, you know, beef up on those guitar skills a little bit. And uh, there's some wonderful professors there that are you know and that's one of the classes is major instruments so i'm learning the guitar and uh hopefully bring it to the stage one day soon nice nice yeah i mean there's no shortage of, of amazing guitars guitar players out there but um i think the songwriting and the singing thing is what always got me as well and 
and, and it, it can happen at age. I mean, I've really sharpened up my guitar skills years ago when I was playing that band, I was just strumming chords and stuff. And when I did my album last year, I played all the solos on all the tunes, except where I brought in maybe a guest steel guitar player. Or I brought in John McKinley to solo on one song, just because I loved his playing and I knew that he'd bring something unique to it. Um, so you've been writing songs when, like, were you writing lyrics first? Are you writing poetry or does this whole thing all just kind of start together? When did it go from cover band to writing original material? Yeah, so I would say it was a uh, grade 12 year of high school. Um, you know, you go through all the young love and heartbreak kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, I was a big fan. I've always been a big fan of traditional country music and especially like outlaw country music, Hank Williams Jr., Waylon Jennings, Willie yeah. Nelson, that kind of that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I was listening to these songs throughout that year through all the stuff I'm going through and just so much of the, the ideology and all the narratives were resonating with me. So uh, I kind of took to pen to paper and it was mostly poetry in the beginning. It was just these simplistic little lines I'd come up with. Um, sometimes I could bang up a song in 15, 15 minutes or it'd be two lines and you wouldn't touch it for six months. And uh, as I went on, I just kind of, you know, was able to formulate my ideas better on paper and kind of put these things in more of a cohesive package. And, uh, and yeah, just started kind of taking off. And now I just, I try to write as often as I can. Yeah. Yeah. That outlaw era of country. I mean, I guess it really started probably earlier. I mean, uh, going back to Hank Williams senior, um, and then Johnny cash and those guys, but that whole kind of era with Willie Nelson and Chris Christopherson and Will and Jennings and all those guys from sort of late sixties to, to early mid seventies. That's definitely where my vibe is too. I mean, I, I think I've liked every era and every generation of country music and, and it always brings something new and different. Um, but that stuff, man, there was just something magic there for sure. Uh, and you can hear some of that. I mean, and you're just a young guy and, it, and it's interesting listening to your music because, I mean, you can hear some of that tradition um, in your songs and things like that. So it's kind of nice that somebody's bringing it back and, and keeping it alive, which, which is awesome. Um, so were you comfortable with your voice from the beginning? Because a lot of people I talked to on the show never really, you know, the singing thing, I mean, they like singing, but um, they kind of got, went into it grudgingly and it, and it just became you know, if you're going to write songs, you might as well sing your own songs, but were you comfortable with your voice or is that an area where you're still kind of working out, you know, what your voice is and, and who you want to be as, as, as far as a singer songwriter? Uh, originally, I mean, I was, I was singing in the garage, I was singing in the car, I was singing with friends around a fire. So it wasn't a, a big thing for me. And I've kind of experienced when I was much younger, I was in uh, like acting school for uh, commercials, but I never followed through with it. So okay. being in sure. front of or being the public eyes is something that really bothers me. Um, so singing wasn't a big point of uh, worry for me, but uh, as I started, you know, taking stage or doing an open mic, it started becoming a little bit more of uh, something that I was cognizant of. But uh, yeah, even now, like I'm, I'm working with a vocal teacher now and, uh, you know, we're removing the kinks and trying to find my, you know, more of my voice, because I think still um, how I kind of came into music wasn't, you know, a traditional, here's your vocal teacher, here's your music teacher, right. any formal training. So it was you know, a lot of my early singing was trying to emulate whoever I was listening to. And, uh, and my vocal teacher was saying to me, he said, that kind of shows through in some of the, some of the style, not necessarily in a bad way, but uh, he says, sometimes, you know, you can, you can hear me and hear that I'm limited or I'm, I'm singing through my nose too much in a certain spot, just trying to yeah. retain that older sound of whoever I'm trying to uh, kind of mirror. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You got to find your own voice. I mean, there's been so many stories where I've heard that. I mean, Vince Gill talks about being in the studio and, cutting his first record and they, you know, the engineer cut in and said, uh, Hey, we've already got a George Jones. Try to find a, try to try to find Vince Gill in there somewhere. And I mean, and Vince Gill has one of those voices that probably lots of other people are trying to emulate. And, um, and to me, I listen to Vince Gill and I don't hear George Jones at all, but, uh, you know, probably took him a little, a little while to get to that point. Um, so, and I, and I found that with me, I mean, I'm just starting to get to the point now because I'm singing so much and doing so much and you start finding that sweet spot, um, and I find that, you know, you start singing to your, your strength and you start writing to your strengths and suddenly it all, it all come together. Um, uh, but you've got all the makings already for sure. You're on your way. So you had said, uh, we were talking earlier, you've got the EP coming out. Um, so how many more songs are you planning to kind of release this year? Or are these going to be sort of releases in the new year? So at the moment, we're still kind of, uh, working through our plan. I mean, just COVID has impacted our whole process with everything. Yeah, of course. Um, but, uh, Primarily the goal is now uh, all around that came out on the 24th was kind of the lead single off the EP. Um, we're thinking about maybe putting out one other single from the EP. So there'll be about three or four other songs that are kind of coming out on that. 
Um, and it's going to, you know, follow like a, a concept DP. It's going to start in one place and kind of end up at the other. I can't really give too, too much away yet, but uh, it'll be like a bit of a little musical journey. Cool. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. So um, are you writing most of these songs going to be self-written or collaborations, co-writes? Uh, I write a lot myself, but uh, I go to my producer, Matt Cable, um, and he helps me co-write a lot of them. Um, we've recently been doing writing, like, co-writing sessions with uh, other artists as well, bringing other people in to, you know, kind of look at what we already have, and uh, which is completely new to me. That's something that I haven't done until up until recently, but I just, I love the process. Bring other people on that love what you're doing, uh, can kind of see what you're saying, go line by line and maybe point something out and go, what were you trying to say here? Could you maybe express that better? And uh, yeah, even just the writing process is, is such a great time creatively. Yeah, Matt's great too. I mean, I've never met him where I think we're, you know, friends through social media, um, but I know he's, I believe he's worked with a couple of people. You know, I think CJ Cooper, I think he had worked with her um, and her and I have done some collaboration. So yeah, sounds like a great guy and very talented young man as well. So, um, and then as far as shows and things like that, I mean, I know we, we, I guess we have to kind of wait and see a little bit. Um, do you have like a regular band that you put together? You've been playing out with a band or just acoustically, or is it kind of picking up musicians or are you, are you sort of building a, you know, a definitive Nick Boardman band? Yeah. I mean, we're still in the process of kind of having a, a like a concrete band. Um, like I said, like I'm not at the point with my guitar skills that I would go up with my own. So usually I have to have a guitar player with me. Um, I kind of, I've been cycling through people, but a, a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Lantine, he's in a local band called the Four Corners Band. And uh, they've backed me on several occasions now and they're absolutely amazing. And uh, even Johnny himself, I've just, I've known him since I was about three or four years old. So if I need a guitar player in a pinch acoustically, he'll, he'll jump up with me and, uh, and we just have fun doing kind of what we do at home, but just in front of people. Nice, cool. Well, it's great. I mean, it sounds like you'll be probably ready in time for the festival season next uh, next spring, next summer, next fall. God, uh, God willing that we don't have, you know, another outbreak or a worse uh, pandemic situation than we've had so far. But uh, so, have you been down to Nashville? No, no, I have not. But that's definitely on my uh, kind of on my bucket list. Um, that's yeah. always kind of been a thing with me. Is uh, I've only ever left the states or left Canada, sorry, one time, and that was to go to a uh, Hank Williams Jr. concert in Kentucky. So I've only left once, but I'm hoping to get out a little bit more. That's cool. You know, um, it's funny. I saw Hank Williams Jr. in Kentucky as well um, in Louisville years ago at a Farm Aid concert. I doubt it was the same concert that you were at. I'm not, I'm not sure you were even born at that point, but they were, you would have been a toddler. Uh, but yeah, he's just killer. Uh, in fact, I think I've seen him on a couple of Farm Aid shows over the years. Um, I haven't been out to a Farm Aid show in quite a while, but uh, yeah, I've been down to Nashville, been to Memphis. Um, you've got to go, man. I mean, I haven't been in a few years and I, I, I think things have changed quite a bit uh, and things are probably getting a little crazier down there, but uh, definitely got to make the pilgrimage for sure. Um being that this is the uh, sort of the path that you're on. So do you see this as being, uh, I mean, you mentioned that you're working multiple jobs and the family business and, and that as well. But I um, mean, is that your sort of goal is to do this full time? It sounds like, I mean, with the schooling and everything sort of pointing towards that, is that sort of your end goals that, you know, in a few years that you're going to be out full time touring musician, singer, songwriter? Definitely, definitely. That's the goal. And I mean, even just that Hank concert, I kind of touched on at that point in time, it was just a hobby. But I remember, you know, convincing my dad to take me down there, we went down there. And just after that show, thinking to myself, this is exactly what I want to be doing. Um, it just the feeling I had in that in that concert arena, I was like, I, I need to do this. This is kind of my calling. And uh, ever since then, I've just kind of been hacking away at it, learning as much as I can as quickly as I can, and just falling more in love with it. But yeah, that would that would be my primary uh, goal is to be full time at it. I went to school at a concert of college as well for radio broadcasting. Oh, cool. Um, so I have a two year diploma in that. And, uh, you know, I got to work alongside music uh, with people that love music as well. But even kind of after that, I went, you know, I need to I need to dive into the music world a little bit more. Moved on down to sweet home Alabama in 1974 Had to get out of Music City and I had to get off the road Woman she lived and the people wouldn't let me sing nothing but them old sad songs Had to get high so I wouldn't cry, you know they hit pretty close to home I'm feeling better Back on the road, getting it together between making and muscle shows. 
I started turning up loud and looking at the crowd and bending them guitar strings. Knew all the while, though it was my style, could they ever forget my name? Rocked them in Raleigh, knocked them out of Knoxville, just couldn't do no wrong. People went wild and the band said, child, better keep on playing your songs. I'm feeling better now that I'm back on the road, getting it together between making and muscle shows. Well, my life ain't the same and I had to change And I hope this music will show A little bit less of crying in the beer And a little of my own soul Wailing and toying all them boys I want to say thanks to you You fiddle and you still make me play what I feel And I don't feel love sick and blues And I'm feeling better Now that I'm back on the road Between making and muscle shows All can do together In my sweet Alabama home And I'm through forever I'm trying to put everybody on I'm feeling better I got hurt but I'm back on the road Getting it together I to eat a little Been a eating that cornbread, sleeping on the feather bed, drinking that homegrown, writing some new songs, do it on your own. Eating that cornbread, loving on the feather bed, drinking that homegrown, write a few new songs. This here music's homegrown. great song. One of Nick Boardman's favorites by one of his idols and inspirations and one of mine too, Mr. Hank Williams Jr. with a song called Feeling Better. The love that I'm craving is what I need Something is killing me God only knows A carnal desire Can be an awful thing Especially when you internalize Such an old fling Tread lightly on my heart Please don't tear me all apart I don't know if anyone could ever Take her Ever 
That was Nick Boardman with Tread Lightly. Yeah, we need to get more uh, live venues. I know there's been a push by Pete Temple to get the boathouse open again, uh, which would really be great. And I think a lot of places have closed down. I haven't been out much aside from the shows that I had mentioned, um, and we're going to get out for the Blues Fest this this weekend. But, uh, I mean, this city used to just be second to none for for venues for all kinds of live music, and especially country music. Um, But uh, since the Stampede's closed and all these other places... Um, yeah, I mean, that, I, that might be my goal is to get a place open and just, it, I mean, you know, I want to participate in it, but it, it's, it's, there's anything you can kind of do to be in it and around it. And I think that's what people are figuring out. Everybody's had all this downtime during the lockdowns and you start kind of going, well, what else can I do that's musically related or musical or somehow keeps me in the thick of things, which is, which is really cool. Um, so we're kind of going to. I think we'll probably have to wrap things up shortly because we want to make sure we get some of your music in on the show as well. Um, I wanted to lean into those 10 questions if you want to tackle those. Um, but before we do that, is there anything that you want to promote, um, maybe kind of rhyme off um, your current three singles that are out there, um, some of your socials, which which sites you're on, uh, any kind of upcoming events in the next little bit that uh, that you want people to come out, whether it's online or in person? Yeah, certainly. So, uh, yeah, my new single All Around is out on all streaming platforms. Um, the artist name is Nick Boardman. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Nick Boardman and uh, NickBoardman.com for uh, updates and news. But, uh, yeah, just check back. Our, we're working away at our AP, so we'll have some more announcements on that in uh, the coming weeks. Nice. Perfect. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. Um, so we want to tackle these 10 questions. How are you feeling about that? Let's do it. All right. All right. So, so Nick, what's your favorite word? I think my favorite word is uh, probably yes. Just the simplistic yes. You know, somebody says yes to you and there's so many different possibilities depending upon which way you want to go with that. But uh, I just like the word yes. Yeah, I think it's a huge part of being successful in life is say yes, don't say no. Um, What is your least favorite word? I've always, a pet peeve of mine is when people say can't. Um, I mean, depending upon the situation. But uh, I, I mean, even myself, there's situations where I've used the word can't. Um, probably, you know, there's probably different words to, that you could have used, or, you know, maybe you dropped the ball on something, but you use the word can't just to kind of protect yourself. So can't's always been one of those words I just despise. Yeah. yeah it's an interest, interesting thought too, as you're talking about that. Um, I think when you train yourself to eliminate certain words from your vocabulary, and as you're working towards that, you don't realize how many times you say that. And, and a lot of that thing, I think, you know, you know, they say, speak it and, and it will happen. But, you know, if you're a glass half full or glass half empty person, that can make all the difference, I think, in terms of where you're going, especially in a business that you're that you're in with music. I mean, it's it's, a, you know, potentially a negative step at every turn, rejections and all these kind of things. But uh, I mean, I think there's a strong supportive musical community, but everybody's vying for the sort of the same piece of pie. Um, so I think belief in yourself as opposed to I can't do this and it's overwhelming is I'm going to do this and becomes a. Uh, 
I think always a better outcome. Something I'm trying to convey to my 12 year old son at this point, maybe something I should have learned in life earlier, but (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right. So what turns you on creatively, spiritually, emotionally, any or all three? Uh, I would say, you know, probably the answer to all of those is uh, outdoors. I've always been a big, uh, big outdoorsman and uh, just getting outside, hiking, you know, fishing, camping, whatever it is, usually good weather like that, that just gets me in a creative mindset. And uh, I love writing outside. Um, and yeah, just good weather, getting outside or, uh, you know, even hearing a, a new song, a new song that really strikes something with me and I go, I can't believe I haven't heard this until now, especially something that's, you know, kind of one of those older classic uh, songs are from a different era. And I go, I can't believe this is relevant to me today. And it's something that I haven't heard until this point. That's awesome. Um, you have a favorite hiking trail nearby? We're always looking for places to, to take our guy and get him outside more. Um, one big area I love is the Schneider's Flats out in Bloomingdale. The, the oh. ponds out there in the forest. There's, you know, a good population of deer out there as well. I'm a big wildlife guy and uh, we fished out there a few times and it's just, if you go at the right time, kind of in the evening, it can be uh, pretty relaxing out there with the sunset and not a lot of people or dogs. So always a great place to be. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Um, what And what do you fish for out there? Um, we've kind of tried our hand at everything. There's, you know, pumpkin seed, bluegill, bass and stuff like that. Allegedly there's pike, but I've never ran into any yet. So. Yeah. Wow. That sounds exciting. Yeah. That's, a, that's the other thing. I mean, I kind of got him into fishing this year and we've been tossing the poles in down by the Grand River here in town, but I mean, there's nothing to really pull out of there. Um, but we're kind of looking there. I think we're ready now. It's just kind of get him used to the process and the casting and the patience and all those kind of things. And now I think he's ready. I want to get a fish. <laughs> so <laughs> now we're on the hunt for a good place to fish. So we don't have to go too far afield. Um, so what turns you off? Um, I think what turns me off creatively is uh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think a big thing for me creatively is, uh, especially in, in the country realm of things, um, more now than ever, the, the definition of what is country music is ever changing. Yeah. And uh, I'm a firm belief you can't put a, a solid label on it. I mean, obviously, I do like the traditional sound, uh, that outlaw kind of sound. But all in all, everything's evolving. And to keep music relevant, you have to change. Um, and I mean, at the time, somebody like Hank Williams Jr., that's what he was doing. He was putting out this, this new sound. And so at the time, a lot of people didn't like that. But now where we are modern day, he's considered a legend, an icon. So that's why I think it's, uh, you know, sometimes when some of that the new guys come out and people always say, you know, that's not country or that doesn't that doesn't sound too good to me. That doesn't sound like, you know, Johnny Cash, Hank Williams, et cetera. Um, I think when people put limitations on, you know, the sound you're trying to create uh, specifically, I think that that's a big turnoff to me. Yeah, I agree. It's it's funny. And I never understood that until I got older, because I was very much, you know, you felt like you always had to define things. But now you understand the restrictions of that. And I remember when the sort of the new country movement started in the 90s. Um, and at first, I was like, man, where's country going uh, back then? But now a lot of people look at that as a classic country. Um, you know, and, and I still love stuff like I see that Travis Tritt's actually going to get out and, and play a show or hopefully i know he's been talking about canceling shows because people have to wear masks so mm-hmm. then there's that whole thing as well um yeah i don't know how much how much fun a concert is with a mask on i figure if, if you're forcing people to be vaccinated maybe we're okay to take the masks off but we'll see um but yeah i think that's a really really good point i think um you know and so much that's going on now i mean like you look at some of these uh, hybrids and 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 duets and duels and things that are going on between rappers and, and country music and uh, you know and, and it's even interesting when you watch the country music awards every year they generally have an outside the genre performer feature artist every year whether it's you know uh, Lionel Richie or whoever it's going to be um, and then they do some of these duets and you kind of go well oh, it works I mean and Ray Charles was pushing the envelope way back too I mean he came from R&B and blues and then all of a sudden he did the country album and and people were like wow that's an interesting thing. Never would have thought that was country. And I think that actually ended up becoming one of his biggest selling records. So, uh, so there you go. You never know. Um, all right. Here's the tough one. Favorite curse word. Ooh. I'd probably say shit. I say shit way too much. It comes <laughs> out and it was kind of a, a struggle being on radio before too. You you know, you're not allowed to swear. If you swear you were suspended for however long. And uh, sometimes it's just too easily there. And it yeah. just comes out in bad situations, but it's just part of my vernacular at this point. 
Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, and and it's funny how media is always so far behind. Like I, I can remember Bob Geldof being on, I think it was primetime TV 20 years ago using the F word. Um, this is the first time I'd heard it openly on, on just regular TV. So I don't know why it's taken media so long to catch up. I mean, that's the beauty of being out on, on, uh, on Spotify and things like that. I guess you can get away with a little bit more, but, uh, yeah, that's, uh, and unfortunately the word that, uh, shit was the first word that my son learned from me. <laughs> so <laughs> clearly I say it too much as well. <laughs> um, so what sound or noise do you love? Uh, sound, I would say my favorite sound is just like a, a pedal steel and that, that classic kind of sound. I just, I can really appreciate a really good pedal steel track. Um, even like on our last uh, single all around, um, Mitch J was the pedal steel player for that. And he's just sent me the raw um, pedal steel tracks. And I just sat there for half an hour repeat, just listening over those tracks. I just, I love the fluidity of that and that, that old traditional sound of that. I, for some reason, I thought you were going to say that too. And I'm glad you did. That's awesome. Yeah. I had Mike Weaver play on one of my songs and it was the same thing. I mean, I just listened to that. And after he played, I just told the producer, take my, take everything that I played off. <laughs> That's all I want to hear is just that steel guitar. It's so beautiful, man. Uh, especially when somebody can really play it too. I mean, it's, it, it's not, a, it doesn't seem to me to be an overly simple instrument either. I mean, complicated tunings and different things. So um, what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, I would say what comes to mind is my, my phone alarm to get up in the morning. It's, okay. it's just, uh, I'm not a big early riser and it's just, you know, even in a movie or something like that, that little dial tone plays and it just, I make jump wherever I'm sitting. I'm just so used to that wake up call. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, old school, my day, it was alarm clocks. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know what's more annoying to me, the, the phone alarm or the old school alarm clock. It's just something about, it's just rude. It's a rude awakening. So I'm with you. Um, what profession other than your own, and I guess referring to maybe um, music or working at the auto shop or, or restaurant work, um, the multiple things that you've done, uh, what profession other than that would you like to attempt? Um, I've always really been into agriculture. Um, I know on my uh, my dad's side, my great grandpa was a uh, hog farmer and uh, just kept different livestock. And that was a big part of my, my dad's uh, childhood. And it's just, I, you know, even as a kid, I helped out on a, a beef farm, a local beef farm by my dad's shop in Petersburg. Yeah. It's just been something that's, you know, I've really, I've really treasured um, just being connect with where your food's actually coming from and just having a, a whole sense of how the food production industry works. Yeah, it's something we take for granted for sure. Um, and I think that's why I got so intrigued by the farm aid movement years ago, you know, with trying to preserve the family farms and we got a dog a couple of years ago from a, from a Mennonite farmer out in the country, a dairy farmer. And it was just incredible to see, you know, all the work and effort and, you know, the hands-on uh, hard work and the early mornings and everything that goes into it. Um, and, you know, they certainly got some up-to-date uh, machinery and different things like that now to assist along the way, but um, you really have to respect that. And I think those are the kind of things we take, you know, the, the water, the air, the food chain. I mean, those things we start taking for granted and we're going to be in some serious trouble. Uh, not that we're not already. Um, <laughs> so what profession would you absolutely not like to do? Um, hmm. You know, I have some friends that are in engineering and uh, mathematics and stuff like that. And I just, my heart goes out to them. They're, they're you know, they're, smarter than I am. Um, it's just math is something that has never clicked with me on any level. It's just, you know, one thing that I always, I dread. There's a lot of things I can tolerate, but math is just something I, I've never really wrapped my head around. So anything involving lots of math or anything like that is just not my friend. Yeah, brother, I hear you. Uh, I, I dropped math as quick as I could in high school. It's funny, in later life and business life, I needed it more and I kind of regret it. But yeah, I don't know. I can do without it. Um, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, I would like him to say, you know, I think I'd want him to be aware that I've had a good time, that I, I will continue to have a good time, but, uh, you know, maybe not see or have seen everything that I've done. There's probably a couple of things that would uh, probably get me in a little bit of trouble, but uh, yeah, just, I don't know, probably... Probably, uh, you know, up to heaven, uh, God say hey, you've had a good time and that uh, you live life to the fullest. Nice, nice. Yeah, he sees it all anyway, so you can't hide. So you got to hope that we end up there if you believe in that. Um, 
All right, Nick Boardman, it's been it's been awesome uh, finally getting to chat with you, man. And uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, further chats down the road as new music comes out and as as shows uh, start to happen more frequently. Um, certainly want to, want you to be a friend of the show, and I appreciate you taking the time to come on tonight and join us on Musicians FAQ. Definitely, no, great to meet you, Stuart. And I, I see all the stuff you're up to, and so I've uh, really been looking forward to chatting with you. Awesome, brother. All right, man. Have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. You too, Stuart. Take care. Bye bye. Well, that concludes my conversation with Nick Boardman. I really enjoyed talking with Nick. He's a great artist and he's a great guy. And it's really refreshing to see a young artist really working hard, up and coming to perfect his craft and paying homage to the heroes of the past. I think he's going to have a great career ahead of him. I can't wait to see what he does next. Can't wait to hear his EP when it's finished. And we'll certainly have him back on the show to talk more about that and to talk about some of the songs and the making of that record. And as well, hopefully, we'll be able to see Nick out on the uh, the tour circuit next spring and next summer when uh, when things let up a little bit. So once again, Nick Boardman, and we're going to wrap up the show with a song of his called Home, as well as a couple songs of uh, some of his heroes by uh, Sturgill Simpson. We're going to be doing Welcome to Earth, Pollywog, and by Will and Jennings, we're going to be doing I've Always Been Crazy. So look forward to those songs. Thank you once again listeners for tuning in to Musicians FAQ and remember to do whatever you can to help support local musicians. We're very lucky in this area to have a lot of incredible musicians. Buy their music, stream their music, share their music, buy some swag, shirts, hats, go out and see them perform live, whatever you can do to support live venues, live music. And don't forget we've got uh, Pete Temple working on getting the boathouse reopened. That's going to be amazing. Um, So if you haven't signed his petition, I think there's room for a few more names on that petition. Go see Pete on Facebook. Get your name on that petition. We'll get things back open uh, at the Boathouse for some more live music spots. I also want to give a couple of shout-outs to uh, some of the great shows around Steve Todd and his show, Community Connections. Steve was actually the original host of Musicians FAQ, so thank you, Steve, for starting this show and been a great friend and a great friend of music in the KW area as well. And Steve is back out at the Riverbend Grill House. Uh, I believe it's November 18th. He'll be back out there, oh sorry, Wednesday, November 17th. He'll be back out there 6 to 9.30 p.m. hosting an open mic. So if you got a chance, grab your instruments, come on out and play. Does a great job with that every time. Also, uh, our friend John P. Brenner, who has the groove every Saturday afternoon on CKWR. And uh, Coral Andrews, who also does the afternoon drive on CKWR. Also great supporters of local music and artists. And uh, hopefully you'll tune into those shows if you haven't already caught them. So once again, thank you for tuning in to Musicians FAQ, and we look forward to seeing you again.
All right, we still have a few minutes left. I wanted to play one more song. This is a song called In the Wild by a band called The Wayward Saints. They're going to be guests on our show down the road, hopefully very soon. And I wanted to give a shout out to Darren Flower, lead guitar player for that band, founding member of that band, who also is the host of Rocket Up Radio every Saturday afternoon.
Hey, what's up? I'm Alex. And I'm Ricky. And we're the Griffin Brothers. And you're listening to Musicians FAQ with Stuart McKee on CKMS 102.7 Waterloo. Thank you for listening to Musicians FAQ Podcast with your host, Stuart McKee. We're here every week with great Canadian musical artists 